Was Miami, Florida the second stage of an alien invasion? And then we take a look at the story of a little boy growing up in a haunted house. When a strange entity begins to appear on the property, he's on edge. He's afraid that someday this phantom may get him. But is it possible that this young child is being protected by another ghost? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys had an awesome weekend. Hope you guys had lots of fun doing whatever you were doing. I'm feeling a lot better too. I think you guys can probably hear it. My cough's really flaring up. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so first off, running into Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Actually, I should say walking comfortably into Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Gray of PTA. Woohoo, yeah! Wee! <laughs> We're all hugging him, hugging him hell hard. Ah! Gray of PTA. Um, I don't know how much detail I would go into, but he recently had a medical procedure, and it was not elective, from what I can understand. I think he was sick, and he had to get something fixed So they had to open him up and fix some stuff. Quite painful. He's been posting about his journey on Twitter. Grave PTA is a longtime Dead Rabbit Radio supporter, so we want to wish you a speedy recovery. And also, we're going to do a special art thing. I normally save this stuff for Fan Art Friday. Here's a picture that Grave PTA drew probably like four years ago for the podcast. He was the pilot in one of our episodes and we ditched him halfway across the Pacific Ocean, I believe. So there he is waving goodbye to the Carpenter Copter. I never used it. I don't know why it's been sitting on my computer the entire time, but Gray of PTA, thank you for your continued support. We really hope you a fast and speedy 100% recovery. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys don't have upcoming surgeries or illnesses, that's fine too. It truly is. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know, Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. You're being wheeled into the OR. You're like, hey, doctor, before you put me under, let me tell you a little bit about my favorite podcast. Gray of PTA, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. Everyone climb inside. Gray, go ahead and pull out of Dead Rabbit Radio Command and drive us all the way out to Florida. Nice, leisurely drive down to sunny, sunny Florida. Now this, I'm going to be honest, this is a story that I'm kind of reluctant to cover. Not because I'm afraid the CIA is going to use a mind beam on me or the gang stalkers are going to increase their continued surveillance of me. Every so often topics come up on this show. And even though this is a daily show, and I love it being a daily show because we can react really quickly to news... A lot of these stories just kind of fall out of the limelight so quickly. At the time, it seems like it could be leading to something else. For example, I've done multiple episodes. Kevin Spacey used to release a Christmas greeting for the past two or three years. We did covered those. I love those episodes. But when you listen back to them, you're like, what? What is going on? I don't remember any of this. I don't remember Kevin Spacey allegations. Well, okay, maybe maybe people still remember those. But let's see if you remember this. A long time ago, I did an episode about the drones being sighted over that British airport. Remember for like a week or two, like even the mainstream media was talking about these drone sightings. I did a segment on it. I don't regret doing these segments, but I think they don't hold up as well as a story about someone in a haunted house or someone getting abducted by aliens or something like that. So a lot of times when this stuff pops up, I'm always like, I don't know how this episode will stand the test of time. That being said, you never know, because the one time I skip a story might be the initial stages of an alien invasion, and that's why we're headed out to Miami, Florida. A lot of you guys sent me information about this, and I'd been following it along as well, so let's do a quick overview. New Year's Day, incredibly recent story, and there's a lot of video footage from outside of the mall. This is how I first became aware of this story. People were posting this stuff a lot on the X board where there's just video footage, people recording this with their cameras at the Bayside Marketplace, which is like a mall, big shopping center. 
It's at night, New Year's Day at night. Don't get confused. Um, what looks like hundreds of police cars. I could be overestimating. There could only be 84. But what looks like a sea, an endless stream of police cars all blaring their sirens. They, there's literally a traffic jam of nothing but police cars pulling up to this Bayside Marketplace. There's more cops than I've ever seen in my life. Tons of them. It almost looked like an action movie. It might have been. We'll, we'll get to that. So all these police cars pulling up to Bayside Marketplace. That's really all the video footage that we have. And the initial story was, if you post this, it will immediately get taken down. There were aliens in this area of Miami. There are these eight to nine foot tall aliens running around, and that's why all the police showed up in the numbers that they showed up. There was also reports of, I didn't see video footage of this, but there were reports of helicopters, like not police helicopters or reporter helicopters, but military slash black helicopters in the area as well to deal with this possible alien threat. And here's the thing, as a conspiracy theorist, as a guy who believes in aliens, I don't know where they come from, but I think the phenomenon is real. Piques my interest, right? If it didn't, I should probably find a new job. Start my Kim Kardashian podcast. It's a perfect story. First off, it takes place far away from me. I don't have to worry about getting attacked by aliens. If you talk about it, it gets taken down. There's obvious footage of all of these cop cars. Something happened here. Something happened. That's the question. So I'm looking into it, but I started to notice something as the days went on, because I'm recording this on the 6th, so it's been five days since this happened. More and more threads were popping up about this, which is good, right? I want more information, but what I thought was interesting, at that point, you then had to kind of discard the first part of the story. If you post about this, it immediately gets taken down. Now on the X board, there's four or five different posts about this thing, which, again, I'm not complaining about. But you have to take that first part of the conspiracy theory now and, and chuck it in the garbage. My thing when I see video footage of a bunch of police cars, or really anything, when I see video footage of something weird or unique or something, I go, I don't know when that footage was taken. It's now been confirmed that all of that footage was indeed taken in that area on that night. This was a legitimate, wasn't a CGI thing. It wasn't a set of a movie. This actually happened. All these police showed up. So we got part of the conspiracy theory thrown out, but the rest of it, all these cops showed up at this area. Why? Why did they show up? Was there aliens running around Miami? There was stories that there was a huge power outage at the same time. And the airport was closed. Which is probably a good idea if you have aliens running around. Because what's an alien without a UFO? Probably cloaked. There's footage. Longtime supporter of the show. Cabot Cove Balloon Friends sent me a footage of like a blur. This little tall blur. I mean, I will admit that it's tall. <laughs> this little tall blur moving down the street. This is supposedly the eight to nine foot tall alien. And here's the thing. Let me tell you the official story and then I'll tell you what I think. The official story, because they can't deny that there was hundreds of patrolmen in the area. There's tons of witnesses, a lot of video footage. They can't just deny that it happened. The official story is that a group of teenagers was fighting inside the Bayside Marketplace. And people go, well, did that require, did that require the entire Miami police force? And people who are currently, like, interviewing for the job, they're like, you're a cop now, hurry up, hurry up, let's go, let's go. We'll do the interview later, here's a car, we gotta get down here. Why did everyone show up just for a teenage brawl? That happens all the time. And the police are like, well, it wasn't just a teenage brawl. They were also shooting fireworks at each other. So we thought it was a mass shooting. So that's why we brought every single cop possible down here. Even though I'm pretty sure Miami does. I mean, maybe I'm just because I'm old. I'm 47. I know Miami mostly for Miami Vice. There was a lot of mass shootings down there. It's just gang on gang. At least there were back in the 80s, according to television. They don't send this many police out every time. 
four gangbangers kill three gangbangers and a baby. And, you know, you, you get a squad car. Maybe two. So, uh, they said it was teenagers. They were shooting fireworks at each other. Which is adorable, I have to say. It's much better than automatic weapon fire. Shooting fireworks at each other. They thought it was a mass casualty event. It was a massive brawl. You want to believe it. You guys couldn't see it. There's no video footage from inside the marketplace. But it was massive. Uh, okay, so they were shooting fireworks at each other. You thought it was a mass casualty event. You brought every single police officer ever that's ever served in Miami. You're digging them up from the grave to get enough down here. Oh, cool. So who was it? Like, who what were the names of these guys that got arrested? And the police go, we can't tell you that. Because they were all teenagers. Every single one of them was under the age of 18, which means we do not have to, we actually can't reveal the name. So we're not going to identify these to the public who any of these people were. This massive brawl shooting fireworks at each other. All of them were under the age of 18, so we're not going to tell you. Well, okay, I, yeah. It's, but, I mean, like, obviously people would figure that out because a bunch of new people showed up in the court system. This huge brawl. What, do you got, like, 20 or 30 arrests that night? I mean, to bring out this many police, you must have arrested, like, 100 people. No, they only arrested four teenagers who they will never identify for causing a response that is only seen in Terminator 2. In fact, I would say if you counted the police cars in the climax of Terminator 2 and the number of police cars in this event, you go, Jason. Yes, Jason, more cops show up in real life if they think there's a mass shooting going on than they would show up in Terminator 2. Four arrests, all teenagers will never know any of their names. Shooting fireworks at each other. I can understand thinking it's a mass casualty event and sending every cop out there to quell it. But remember, once the first, I don't know, 10 or 20 police officers get there and they see like sparklers going off and some guy's like, that's it. I'm throwing this <laughs> this little devil at you and throws it down. It's all pop, 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 pop on the ground. And the other dude's like doing a little dance. Ah, my feet, my feet. They could have said, hey, listen, yeah, something crazy is going on down here. It's not a mass shooting. Uh, you don't have to send in every police officer, past, present, and future here. But no, every police I mean, it's an endless sea of police cars, of flashing lights, and sirens as well. It's not like they were just cruising with their lights off because they were like, well, we got word that it's just a bunch of teenagers goofing off, shooting piccolo peats at each other. So that's the official story. Does it make sense? I mean, it does. I know people will shoot fireworks at each other. I used to shoot fireworks at people. It's hilarious. Crimping down a Piccolo Pete with a good pair of pliers and then throwing it at someone? Mwah! It'll freak them out every time. As long as they can move out of the way, they'll be okay. I can see that that's possible. This is one of the things, like, yeah, it's possible. It, just the details are so convenient that they'll never say the names. There are only four people who were arrested. You wouldn't notice four more people going into, you know, the local jail or juvie, wherever they ended up. So you'll never really hear their side of the story. This is one that... Well, okay, so so let, let's go with the alien theory. So this is the alien theory that somehow... And there's not a lot... So the, the official story has some details to it. The alien story that, as far as I've been able to put together, it's been evolving kind of rapidly but i want to go with like the earliest version because when the details are more concrete and less salacious aliens somehow appeared in this section of miami and were terrorizing people <laughs> as i think a normal eight foot tall nine foot tall man walking down the street might terrorize somebody on accident even the police are called out that's why the helicopters are in the air as well because it was a full government response to try to capture, contain, or kill these aliens. And as far as I can tell, they failed to do any of those objectives. They ended up having to shut down the airport. Either out of caution that it might crash into a UFO, or maybe the aliens were headed to the airport. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of runways there. Maybe there's a camouflage UFO. Maybe it's an airport not unlike uh, Colorado, Boulder, Colorado's creepy airport with a huge system underneath of caverns not like old limestone dripping rock caverns but you know like entrance ways that are underground i mean like you could disappear in a lot of airports if you knew where to go 
eight-foot-tall, nine-foot-tall alien might have a harder time blending in. But cancel any escape route. Power outage would obviously go in line with any sort of either alien entity showing up. They could easily do that. Or the government shutting the power off to keep security cameras down, ATM cameras down, people freaking out, people in the dark, literally. Can't even see what's going on outside their window. When you look at this footage, the, the power appears to be on. Like, the buildings have lights. You see stuff lit up. You definitely see all the police siren lights. So the story is, was it an alien? So the story, was it actually an alien or aliens sighting in Miami, which has caused this big brouhaha? Or was it four teenagers shooting fireworks? At it? See, originally I had heard four teenagers shooting fireworks. And today, when I was looking at it again, they were like, no, it was a mass brawl, dude. You wouldn't have believed it. You totally wouldn't believe it. It's crazy. We arrested only four people, though. I do think it's interesting. Aliens, if I asked you to describe an alien to me, most people would say, I don't know, short, big head, black eyes. Right? The gray alien. The typical gray alien. Most people see aliens or think of aliens as being three to four feet tall, gray skin. Big black eyes, small facial features, small mouth, small nose, big head, skinny body. These aliens, eight to nine feet tall. Does that ring a bell for longtime listeners of Dead Rabbit Radio? Not Nephilim. You might have been thinking that. And I'm not going to rule that out either. But just last year, in Peru, they had a serious alien problem, and as far as we can tell, it's continuing, even though the mainstream media is not talking about it. We did two episodes on that. I'll put them in the show notes. It's still happening. These villagers in Peru, they've been being attacked by these aliens that are seven to eight feet tall. And they ride on these hoverboards, and they wear this bulletproof armor, and you can't see their face. Aliens are normally not that tall. So that is an interesting detail. I find it interesting that the people in Miami, the reports in Miami, are saying that they saw these very tall for an alien. Here in Florida, when we were having this problem in South America, like I said, it started this summer, it continues to this day. And and around the time that this event was happening in South America, the U.S. government just happened to have a joint military training force with the local government where we sent down Marine Special Forces and the United States Space Force down there as well, which is why are they running around the jungles with M-16s? I'm not going to say 100% this is aliens because I don't know. I don't know. The logical answer would be this was a mass panic. The police were panicked. They could have had a mass panic. The people could have had a mass panic running down the street. Then as you're running down the street, first off, you hear fireworks. You think it's a mass shooting, so of course you're going to book it. And then as you're running down the street, some guy goes, I think I saw an alien around the corner. And you're like, great, that's the last thing I needed. I was scared. I was already scared, and I'm afraid E.T. is walking around with a Mac 10. Could be mass panic. Mixed with blurry footage, alien invasion. Could be. That's the reasonable answer. But what I think we need to remember as conspiracy theorists and as Fans and friends of the paranormal. You might not be a conspiracy theorist, but this is how this would work. This is 100% how you would cover this stuff up because the police have had to come out and go on record. There were no aliens. There are no power outages, no UFOs, no airport shutdown. It was four teenagers who we will never name. You'll never know. (laughs) Can't interview them. Doing something we said they did and we got really scared, which is fine. You know, I'd rather 100 police show up for a mass shooting than one. But, you know, again, Florida didn't even have that during that whole Stoneman Douglas one. The school resource officer sat outside the building while that dude was walking around. Oh, my God. But anyway, that's such a horrendous story. That cop is just a coward. Anyways, the um, but again, like at a certain point, don't you think it'd be like, hey, it's just a bunch of kids running around with fireworks shooting at each other and you go jason it's the it's a mass panic you're right the cops are afraid of what's coming next i agree with you the first 50 squad cars you should probably start to figure it out you should watch this footage so but this is how you would cover it up this is how you were, would cover it up right you would have something let's say that there was one alien i don't know how he got there 
He's running down through Miami. People start freaking out. People start calling in. Cops start showing up. That's an eight-foot-tall alien running down the street. So now more phone calls are going out. Government forces are showing up. They're trying to corral it. You don't. You're not able to. Um, maybe they do shut the power off so a bunch of power, so a bunch of cameras go out. Uh, but again, like they could just destroy all that evidence behind the scene. I don't know for sure that the power went out. The media and the police are denying it. You would then just have to make up a story. You obviously couldn't say, yeah, sorry, uh, everyone in Miami, be aware. Uh, the There is an eight foot to nine foot tall alien running around. And the police are unable to stop it. So good night, everybody. Lock your doors and lock your ceilings. You have ceilings that lock, right? This alien can just pick up your roof and look inside. The the thing is, is like we're getting accounts from people on the ground, but it's always hard. This is where it goes back to, I don't know. Some guy posted this video on TikTok saying his dad's a cop. And he FaceTimes his dad and he's like, hey, dad, did you hear about that alien stuff in Miami? And the dad's like, yeah, yeah. Because he's a cop in Miami, not just a cop like in Arkansas, he's a cop in Miami. And the TikToker goes, well, what was it, dad? And the dad's like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. And that's all he kept saying. He's like, well, no, just tell me it's not aliens. And he's like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. Uh, Here's the thing. It's a compelling video. If it's true, I don't know who that TikTok guy is. I don't know if that's really his dad or if his dad's really a cop or anything like that. Like, I'm taking this leap of faith. And I'm not really taking the leap of faith because I don't know if it's true. If it's true, then yeah, that's compelling. I started thinking it could have been something more mundane, like a possible terrorist. Right? Ho-hum terrorist trying to sneak a dirty bomb in a briefcase into Miami. Boring. Could have been something like that, right? And then that guy gets away, which they're definitely not going to tell us. Currently, there's some guy running around with a glowing green suitcase. Could be a cover-up. I was thinking about that as I was prepping this story. I go, it would be pretty easy to cover this stuff up. And I'm not saying this is true. Before YouTube comes after me for this and put on my conspiracy cap, I thought about it and just a thought experiment. I go, January 6th. You're like, oh no, Jason. Oh no. I go, January 6th, 2021. What if... Already, already Patreons have their finger hovering over the cancel button. What if what really happened that day was that, yeah, everything, everything that you saw did actually happen. But also what prompted it all was in that crowd of Donald Trump supporters, they saw a reptilian shapeshift. They saw like this hot woman walking and then she looks from side to side and then she goes, and then she becomes like an eight foot tall reptilian and nobody else saw it because they're all looking at Donald Trump. These agents were looking the opposite direction and they see this and they see her running towards the Capitol building and they go, we got to stop her. We got to stop her before she gets in there. <laughs> laser eggs, laser all of her eggs, one for each senator. But how do you break into the Capitol building? Well, I mean, I guess we found out on January 6th. But anyways, they figure they can't do it alone. So what they do is they stage. They stage this whole thing to cover up their crime of (laughs) killing this reptilian queen who's trying to lay eggs in the Capitol building. One guy picks up Nancy Pelosi's lectern and smashes it over her head. Ah! Another guy takes the American flag. Stabs her in the ribs. And she's just still like shooting eggs out. Shooting eggs out of her butthole while they're beating her to death. She's like, oh, 48 eggs. They're like, why don't we just squish the eggs? She's obviously not going to die. And that's what was really That's what really was going on on January 6th. Everything else was real. Right? Was, I'm not going to go so far to say none of it happened. But what if it was all a cover? I mean, you, I mean, I actually, now that I'm saying, thinking that, I'm, I'm surprised there's not more conspiracy theories saying none of it happened. It was all holograms. Is that a conspiracy theory out there? I've never heard that yet. That nothing happened on January 6th. It was all holograms. If you go, if you go to some of these jails, you'll see holographic prisoners sitting in there. And that's the point, actually. The government could say, even if they named these four people they arrested in this mall brawl, who's going to look them up? Who's going to write them letters? Like, you can make up names, you can take a photo of some agent, alive or dead, 
be like, hey, Barry, we're going to use you. We're going to use you as that fake pedophile to cover up that we had to nuke a small town in Bavaria. We said it was full of pedophiles. Do you mind if we use your photo as the king of the pedophiles? We'll give you an extra $20,000 on your Christmas bonus check. He's like, yeah, sure. Before you added the last part, I was going to say no, but sure, you can put me in there. You can easily find photos. Now it could all be AI generated, but a photo and a name and you go, this is the person we arrested for this crime. It'd be really easy to fake all this stuff, all this cover up evidence. So, but I am now I'm on that. I wonder if January, I've never heard, because some people say that 9-11 was all holographic planes. Some people say the buildings were never there in the first place. There was no World Trade Center. So I'm surprised that there aren't people going like, no, what? January 6th? What, huh? That was all a hologram. <laughs> Did you know the Capitol building's a hologram too? All of, when you elect someone to go to office, they're killed and turned into a holographic version of them. You're like, what? I just shook that senator's hand the other day. And that's when you find out that you also are a hologram. Everyone on the planet's a hologram. We just don't know it. There are no main characters. We're all NPCs. Gray of PTA, let's go ahead and toss you the keys. He's like, nope, nope. I throw him the keys, they fall on the ground. He's like, dude, January 6th, really? <laughs> really, dude? Gray of PTA, let's go ahead and hop inside the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Miami, Florida. It might be the beginning of an alien invasion. It might be the second stage. This could be the same aliens from Peru. It could just be a bunch of dumb kids shooting fireworks at each other. We'll find out. We're leaving behind Miami Gray. Fly us all the way out to a friendly neighborhood. First off, I want to give a shout out to Dragonova Svetlana. Uh, still missing in action. This person was sending a lot of stories over. Recently deleted their account. Hope everything's okay. Hope uh, you're not currently full of reptilian eggs hiding underneath the Capitol building. We're about to meet this young boy. Let's go ahead and call him Oliver. Oliver tells us his story. He goes, when I was five years old in my family home, all these weird things started happening. And and like a lot of paranormal events, it's a slippery slope from the benign to the mind-bending. Oliver said, originally it started with the TV turning on and off. And lights would also turn on by themselves. An annoyance, an annoyance and one that's easily explained away, electronical problems. But the problem was, was that Oliver was five years old and these things were happening in his bedroom. So he goes, I never got enough sleep. I'd be laying in bed. This is kind of funny. This is what I do as a ghost. He goes, I'd be laying in bed and my television would turn on and wake me up. I get back to sleep. I'd get up, shut off my television. <laughs> I'd go back to sleep and the light would turn on. I'd go, yeah. So it's like psychological warfare on this poor guy. It's not like it's happening out in the living room. You can ignore it. You're, all of a sudden, there's a bright light in your bedroom. You're going to have to get up and shut it off. It happens so much, I think, again, that it's something that you can easily ascribe to a, a natural um, cause rather than the supernatural cause. But it, it happens so much, it just kind of wears him down. It, it doesn't scare him. It's just annoying. One morning, bang, 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 bang. Oliver wakes up. It's one in the morning and he hears someone banging on the front door. Woke him up. He gets out of bed. He looks out his window and he sees standing on the porch. There's a man dressed in all white. He goes and he gets his mom. And obviously right to freak you out. You'd be a little on edge. Mom gets up. She looks out her window. There's no one there. So she just tells Oliver, well, whatever. Just go back to bed. Just go back to bed. Maybe someone came by to knock on her door. Left. That's annoying. But nothing to be worried about. Just go back to bed. This became a new front in the war for Oliver's small psyche because he's already being tormented, woken up in the middle of the night. Now, every so often, there's a loud banging on the door. It comes and it goes. It doesn't happen every single night, but it happens enough to just, you know, get annoying. One night, Oliver's dad and his dad's friend were over just hanging out, and they heard a bam, 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 bam. 
And the dad's like, damn it. Like, we've been, hey, dude, I know that uh, I told you we were just going to hang out tonight, but we might have to do something else. There's been this banging on my door. Someone keeps coming to my house late at night, banging on the door. He gives his friend a baseball bat, and he goes, we're going to go out. We're going to take care of this. He's not going to be knocking anytime soon. We're going to take care of this. Oliver's dad and his friend go outside. The two guys decide to walk the perimeter of the house in opposite directions. So either one of them will surprise him or they'll both surprise him. It'll be a delicious and painful peanut butter and jelly beating when the two breads... I don't know if this analogy still works. You're like, wait, what? I imagine the they're the bread and they're going to turn the guy into jelly. But anyways... They walk the perimeter of the house. They end up meeting in the back. No one is found. They're all disappointed. They're like, oh, I thought I was going to commit manslaughter tonight. Oh, well. These noises, these unexplained events continue. Everyone's hearing them. Even the dad, obviously, because he went out with a baseball bat. I think mom's experienced the light shutting on and off, and I think the knocking woke her up that first time, but she hasn't seen anything. Dad hasn't seen anything. Mostly centered around Oliver. One night in the middle of the night, Oliver wakes up and something prompts him to leave his room. Like he just has a feeling. So he walks out of his room and he begins walking down the hallway towards his parents' room. And he grabs the doorknob with his little five-year-old hand and opens their bedroom door. As Oliver opens the door, he sees his mother and his dad. He sees his mother and his father both laying on their bed, dead. Their bed sheets are covered in blood. Their innards lay ripped and torn across the bed sheet. On top of the bed stands a wolf. Eating his parents. <laughs> Oliver ran back to his bedroom and jumped underneath his blankets. He's just completely terrified. And he's not just terrified, he's traumatized as well, but not just terrified and traumatized, he's sad. He's mournful. He goes, I remember laying underneath my blankets and I just laid there thinking, what happens now? Where do I live now that my parents are dead? And he said he laid there and thought about that until about 15 minutes had passed, he estimates. And he hears his mom outside of his bedroom door, which he closed earlier because he thought there was a wolf in the house, but he closed the door. He's laying in bed. He hears his mom outside of his closed bedroom door. Oliver, is everything okay? He's surprised to hear his mom alive. He truly thought they were both eaten by a wolf. Oliver, is everything okay? And he hears his mom knock at the door. And then attempt to open the door. And that's when Oliver sees that his door has been barricaded shut. Using all of his toys. And his mom keeps trying. I don't know how many toys this kid had. But his mom keeps trying and trying. And then finally she's able to open the door and push the toys aside. And I don't know if he was crying. I assume that he would be, considering he thought he was an orphan. Or if she was just prompted to wake up for some reason. But his mother walks in, and she looks at all these toys scattered on the ground. She realizes that the door had been barricaded with the toys. And she asks Oliver, why did you barricade the door? What's going on? Is everything okay? And and he goes, I didn't do that. I didn't put all those toys there. But mom, mom... I, 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 I saw something. I, I I came out of the room and I saw you guys. You guys were being eaten by a wolf. Mom, I was so sad. And he's sitting there and he's sobbing and he's hugging his mom. And 
His mom's just holding him and saying, honey, you must have just been having a bad dream. You must have been having like a night terror because we're not dead. We're okay. We're okay, little Ollie. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. A week later, Oliver's hanging out in the house and his mom has a couple friends over and they're talking. He overhears a curious conversation. You know, it's the weirdest thing. Sometimes I see a little boy in this house. But you have a little boy. I know I have a little boy. It's not Ollie. It's a little ghost boy. <gasps> yeah, I see him from time to time. This little ghost boy in this house. Oliver hears that. <laughs> Oliver's like, oh my god, he's all being his pants. He's like, oh, I didn't know about that. He asks his mom, he goes, wait, what, what's this you're talking about? Here's a little ghost boy. And the mom's like, yeah, it's weird, Oliver. I only started seeing him after you started getting scared about all this, uh, you know, with the lights turning on and off, the lack of sleep, the banging on the wall. Like, I didn't see it during all of that. It was weird. It was like once you started to get really scared about all the stuff that was going on in the house, the lights and the TV and the banging, I started to see this little ghost boy. I never saw him before, but I started seeing this little ghost boy in the house. I don't know what to think of it, but yeah, I've seen him a couple times. One night, Oliver said he was sleeping in his bed. He's hopefully trying to get a relaxing sleep. When all of a sudden, his pillow is yanked out from underneath his head. And he wakes up. He wakes up and he sees that his bedroom door is open. And his toys are scattered across the floor. Which he surmised as being another barricade. He said it looked like my door was closed. That's how I sleep with my door closed. The way the toys were strewn, it was almost like the door was closed. The toy barricade was rebuilt, but then the door was forced open and it moved the toys, scattered them across the room. And then something got in and yanked the pillow out from underneath my head. So he went to his parents. He's like, no, I guess, listen, man, crazy mystery, world's full of weird stuff. But I'll think about that in the morning. Right now, I'm just going to go down the hallway. Hopefully, he's not a wolf eating my parents again. I don't know what I'll do. But anyways, um, I'll probably just cuddle up next to the wolf. I'm that tired. I just need to get some sleep. He goes to his parents' bedroom. They're not being devoured. He goes to sleep. He goes, eventually, we ended up moving out, right? Eventually, we left the house. Not necessarily because of this activity but i'm sure it played a part right i'm sure when you're like hey you know do you think we should get someplace closer to work and you know there's good schools in the neighborhood and also also there's not phantom banging on the walls i'm sure it did play a part and a few months after we moved out that old house that we lived in that all this stuff was happening in that house burned down Oliver posted this online underneath the username from Mom's Basement. He's currently he's currently been banned or suspended or whatever they do on Reddit. But if you look at his posting history before this story, it's it's just normal non-paranormal stuff. He calls a lot of people stupid. I think that might have been what what got him banned. I hate Reddit. But um, no other... This is what I look for when I look through their posting history. Are there other stories like this? Because a lot of times I can just dismiss it if he tells a bizarre ghost story every week. Which I do come across those accounts. And then I have to dismiss it because they're just fiction writers. It's more reliable than just running across the green text, right? An unsigned story. At least this way I can do a little bit of backtracking. Same thing with that police interview. I don't know who that TikToker is. I don't know if that's really his dad or if his dad's police officer or anything like that. So it gives us a little bit to go off of. He he said, though, Oliver is the name we gave him. Oliver said, uh, me and my mom kind of have a theory about what was going on in that house. He goes, the theory was this. The man outside the house that I saw dressed in all white, that was a bad spirit, a negative spirit. That started off in the house. He was the one turning on the lights. 
He was the one turning on Oliver's television set late at night to wake him up. He was definitely out to disturb Oliver's sleep pattern. And he was doing a pretty good job about it. He's traumatizing this kid. But at some point, he must have gotten locked out of the house. And he was banging to try to get back in. He goes, that's what part of the theory is, is that the man in white was a negative spirit and he was torturing me psychologically. The ghost of the little boy showed up later to protect me. Like the ghost may have actually always been there, but it manifested it like saw the bat signal, saw the ghost signal in the sky and began to manifest to protect me. He goes, the theory is, is that the ghost boy was the one who was building the barricade of toys to keep the man in white out of my room. And every so often the boy might have been able to lock this evil spirit outside of the house. And at that point, the evil spirit would continue banging and at some point, hoping to slip back in at some point. And also just to continue terrorizing people, even outside the house. He goes, every so often I think the evil spirit would get back in and the ghost boy was trying to protect me. And sometimes the ghost boy could lock him out of the house. And it was kind of like this ongoing war. Oliver ends his account like this, uh, quote, One guess is that the child ghost burned the house down, so it couldn't happen to any other kids anymore. And that that is a interesting analysis. That wouldn't make sense, right? You can't really move into a haunted house if the house doesn't exist. It may have been that this ghost boy realized that he could only do so much and said, well, I'm just going to have to set the place on fire, burn it down. Oliver also states at the ending that this was the only paranormal experience he's ever had in his life. It's an interesting story, and it's funny because in a lot of ways, I think this parallels some of the stuff we talked about last week, which is uh, two things, really. One, it's the way that we create narratives for ghosts. I don't want to go on for too long because this is kind of... I love this type of stuff, but I know it can get boring. I know you're doing your dishes or doing your homework, and this is background noise sometimes, but I still don't like to just drone on, even though I could for hours. The um, They don't know any if any of that's true. Technically, they don't even know if there's two spirits. A spirit could manifest as different forms if it's powerful enough. I'd argue if a spirit's able to burn down a house... That's uh, one of the more powerful spirits you can run across. Even if it uses a natural thing, like you figure, couldn't a, if a ghost can manifest a penny, if a ghost can move a vase, then couldn't a ghost also, if there's faulty wiring or wiring that's not the best in this house, couldn't the ghost then manipulate that wiring so more of the rubber is peeled off and more of the metal inside is exposed and then it creates a spark? What would be the difference between throwing a vase and sparking a fire with elements that are already in a house. Taking rags and soaking them in oil. Like if you have a bunch of oil here and you have a bunch of dirty rags here, what would be the difference between making those move around and making a vase fly across the room? Really none. You could do both. Don't. It will cause... You're like, what? I never heard about this before. It'll burn your house down. If you stack dirty, oily rags together, they'll just catch on fire. But it does, it does, there is a difference for whatever reason. There, I think about that from time to time. Like I'm carrying my laptop around where I do my show. I go, if a ghost wanted to, they could just trip me and then the show's over for a week or two until I get it. I have a backup computer, Rabbitron 3000 by Earbud. But uh, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> definitely I'm taking a spill while carrying a laptop and getting a face full of LCD wouldn't be great. But they don't. So the question is why? If a ghost could do this, could do that. Um, they don't know if any of this stuff is true. They've made up this narrative in their head. It could be true, but they don't know. And we do that as paranormal researchers, and we do this just as people. We have ghostly phenomenon, and sometimes we'll craft a narrative around that. We talked about that last week. And also, you know, on last week's episode, Friday, Friday's episode, we ended with a single location that's haunted by two ghosts who have opposing goals and that one one was a girl who just liked to hang out and party and also seemed to be the ghost of her murderer was trapped there as well 
In this case, we have the man in white and we have the little boy. Yeah, I don't think the mom ever saw the man in white. So that would be more interesting if she only saw the boy because why is he manifesting to her, not the evil spirit if they are two different spirits. But you could reasonably have two ghosts of different viewpoints trapped in one location. And then we could make up a story, too. It'd be easy to say, like, what if this man in white did something to this boy that he was then trying to prevent happening to a future boy? Not just two ghosts that are in the same location with different viewpoints, but they're actually connected. The man in white did something horrific to the boy, and the boy is trying to guarantee that it never happens to anybody else. We're adding in another layer of that assumed the narrative making it a little bit creepier but we don't know and what's interesting too we'll wrap it up like this what we know about ghosts and that's all based on just past ghost stories uh things that we've seen in the lore what people have experienced destroying the building does not destroy the haunting so if this was a house in a neighborhood and it burned down by natural means honored by these two ghosts the ghosts then don't cease to exist the ghosts are still there and that's something that that little boy ghost would have learned when a couple years later a new house is built in that location there's no stopping this the only thing that really seems to stop ghostly activity is one having them go on to the other side peacefully two performing some sort of exorcism or spiritual cleansing or three long periods of time just destroying the house wouldn't end this haunting in fact it could in a lot of ways make the evil ghost more powerful in the sense that let's say you had a small house say it's a two-bedroom house that evil ghost is limited to the confines of that house and that property. It's not walking through walls. It actually has to open doors to get through one room into the next, like a human would, like a physical human would. But if I burned down the two-story house and ended up putting, I don't know, uh, an apartment complex or a duplex or a five-bedroom house or whatever it is, there it's an odd... Fact of ghost physics, which is a chuckle-worthy phrase, but let's say that there was a physical door that for me to go through, I would have to open it up and walk through. But now that structure doesn't exist. Now there's a bigger house in that location. The door I needed to walk through, quote-unquote, the front door of that old location, is in the living room of this new house. The property... <laughs> You're like trying to draw a map. You're like, huh? What are you talking about? The image of he was haunting the old house. So the old house is destroyed, and there's a bigger house there. The front yard of the old house is now the vestibule or the greeting hallway of the new house. So when he was trapped outside of the old house, banging on the door, he's not anymore. Because now he's in the new house. The door he was knocking on doesn't exist. You're like, Jason, why are you rewinding it? You're like, whoa, what? I think you guys understand what I'm saying. Take a die. Take a die, a single die, and put it on the table and say that there is a ghost that exists one inch outside of this die. And can enter the die, but it can only enter the die by going in through the one die you know like a singular of a dice so you have that that's the original house so if he wanted to get into the house he had to stand outside or walk around the house or try to go through the number one now take that leave the die there <laughs> jason come on dude i am doing my dishes i don't have time to do this leave the die there but pretend that it got burned to the ground by a little kid ghost you're like what now leave the die there now take a bowl Take a big bowl and put it over the die. And say, this is the new domicile for this family. Do you see what I mean? 
their front door, their back door, their bedroom doors, they're all in such different locations that he can run willy-nilly around the house. There's no way to barricade him in because the place where he was originally constricted to is gone. There's no physical door for him to move through. You go, but now there's a new physical door. But he wasn't trapped by the new house. He was contained by the dimensions of the old house. So if your front door, if your front door is 15 feet away from where the old front door is, when he manifests, he's already in the house. He's 15 feet inside your house. He'll never get locked outside again. If the entire yard of that old house is now in the same area as this new house, when he appeared outside the house, quote-unquote, knocking on the front door on the porch, but now the new layout, that porch is where your living room couch is, he's in your house. He's in your house all the time. There's no way to stop him. He'll come through every single bedroom door because the bedroom door he was originally stuck by, there's nothing there. And if there was there, it leads to a dead end. If anything, the kid made a bigger mess by burning this place down of what actually happened. So just because it's destroyed, it doesn't mean that the haunting's gone away. Because this entity is trying to interfere with the living, you've actually removed all barriers. Literally just the barrier of a child's bedroom door and a front door, but that seemed to be enough. But it's not anymore. This kid burned down the house thinking he was saving another family, but if anything... He's doomed them to a worse fate. The man in the white suit is already in the house. And nothing can stop him now. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.